What is going on, guys? Welcome on back to Second and Short. I am Tyler Lauder. He is the Aaron Ben. Uh, you might know him from such places such as Second and Short on Twitter or Second and Short on Instagram. Second and Short on Facebook, too. Don't forget. that You know, he's everywhere. He is all over the social map. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing today, man? I'm sparkling, man. How are you doing? Uh, I am not sparkling, but I'm feeling pretty good. Um, we are... We're coming to the end of this series, and we only got about five more guys left, uh, counting this video here today. And uh, you know what? Let's uh, let's just jump right into this video. I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. We're talking about Gerald McCoy today, and he is the new addition for the Dallas Cowboys. He is their new, well, he's their old but new, improved, or whatever you want to call it, defensive tackle to help, uh, you know, get them boys over the hump and you know, win a playoff game and move forward and just kind of try and help this defense get to another level. Yeah. Kind of like they, it feels like they're kind of every season they have like different moves that they're making, just trying to break out of that mediocrity, trying to make, take that next step. And this seems to be one of those moves. Yeah. And it's not like they're like a team that's sitting around like five, six wins. Like they're, they're getting a good amount of wins every year, anywhere from seven to seven to 10, but it's just, there's just something that's not working, and I agree. They keep making these moves, but you know what? McCoy, McCoy comes in with a lot of veteran presence. I mean, he's, he's going to be 32 this year. Uh, let's kind of dive into his background and bring us up to speed on where we're at. Well, yeah, like you said, he's got a great pedigree already. He's been in the league since 2010. He was drafted third overall out of Oklahoma on the, by the Bucks. Uh, his first two years were cut short by injury. I think he only played 13 games his first year and then just like five or six games the second year. And then in 2012, he started being this consistent force to be reckoned with on the D-line. Like he was playing just about every game. Since that year, he's consistently been getting between five and ten sacks a year, which is pretty good for interior defensive line. I mean, he was the staple for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a solid nine seasons. And in 2018, right after that season... We go into the 2019 offseason, and they, they, they cut him. You know, they saved a lot of cap money. It was a cap move. I think they were hoping they could bring him back for cheap, but whenever you do somebody dirty like that and take away their money, they're just going to do you dirty back. And he went and signed with rival Carolina Panthers and became a starter with them and that new hybrid defense they tried doing last year. And uh, that one-year deal, you know, allowed him to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he... You know, in week six against Jameis, he had he had two and a half sacks on him. And he played pretty well. He had about, it was about, what, 37 combined total tackles, five sacks last year. You know, he hit the quarterback 13 times, seven tackle for losses. I mean, for an age 31 season, he had a pretty good season. Yeah, it seems like he was just kind of trying to prove that he still got it. Like, he's not this old, washed-out player and that he still got it. And I think he did do that successfully. I mean, he played all 16 games last year. He didn't miss a single game. And I think once you get up to, like, once you start hitting that, like, 29 mark for, like, defensive linemen, it's like, okay, here we go. They're going to get hurt. They're only going to play in, like, 10, 12 games. But he played them all, you know? Um, and then this year, March 2020, signs with the Cowboys, as we're saying. And, you know, he's totaled six Pro Bowls. He's had three first-team All-Pros, one second-team All-Pro. He's got a great resume. And he comes from arguably the greatest top 10 draft class in the past like 30 years in my eyes like the 2010 draft class was just 
stacked from pick one to pick 10. Yeah, that was a great draft. Along with, uh, I think it's, what was the other, 2014 was also a good draft. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying like the first 10 picks kind of all, oh, yeah. not all of them, but they pretty much hit. I mean, Cam Newton went one, Von Miller went two, we had uh, Jeremy McCoy go three, uh, Patrick Peterson went four, AJ Green went five, like, Julio, Julio, I believe, went that same year. Like, it's just a stacked stack year. Like you said, he signed a contract with the Cowboys just a couple months ago. Yeah, that's a three-year deal for $16.3 million. He's got a cap hit of 4.3 this year, 6.8 next year, then 7.1 in 2022. And then in 2023, he's scheduled to be a free agent. He can be cut after the first year for 3.5 in dead cap. And like I said, be a free agent in 2023, and he'll be 35 years old. Yeah, and these these total cap hits, that includes his base salary, um, which you see here, as well as his guarantee money signing bonus, stuff like that that gets involved. Um, and there's a lot of things that go in this, but overall, Aaron, when you see his contract, he's 31. What do you think about this? Like, Do you think this is a good deal for the Cowboys? I think the, the, the money that they're spending is a good deal for a player of his caliber and of his pedigree. I was kind of puzzled by the length of the contract because he's at the age, like you said, where you're not sure if he can play a whole season. Like, he doesn't have that same athleticism and explosiveness that he used to. Like, if he plays the whole season this year, that's great. If it comes to next year and he's, like, kind of downgraded to a uh, role player, like, kind of just, like, a situational guy, then it seems like you're kind of paying a lot for it. I mean, I find it interesting that like teams can like still work players like this because it's like, all right, what do you want? You, what do you want a, a decent sized deal? Three years. Okay. We'll give you three years. What do you want? You want about almost 20 million. Cool. We can give you that much money, but we can cut you after year one for only 3.5 million dead cap, which we're okay to eat. Cause we're the Cowboys. And I just think it's interesting that he was willing to accept that. Well, maybe Maybe he sees this as going to a contender. Like, at his age, he's made a lot of money. He could just be trying to go to a contender. Maybe that's how he sees the Cowboys. And, you know, that's not a bad way to see the Cowboys. I honestly think the Cowboys are, they just, like, are a team that I feel like for the past couple of years just needs, like, one or two things to go differently, and they're a 10-11 win team, you know? And Dak Prescott last year, I know... I know there's a lot of hype about, you know, Mahomes and Russell Wilson and... You know Lamar Jackson, but Dak Prescott was like the was like a second best passer last year. It, if you look at his statistics and everything, he was he was throwing that rock all over the place, and the offense really seemed to be clicking. This defense is what really needed to kind of be fixed a little bit. Now they do lose uh, Malik Collins, which is kind of where this replacement comes in. With McCoy, so why don't you talk about the scheme fit here and how he's going to um, just overall fit in with this defense and the Knicks and Knacks. Yeah, like you said, we lost uh, the Cowboys lost Collins, who he was good against the pass. He helped generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but he's not as good against the run, which is where McCoy is kind of going to come in and contribute a bit more. Uh, I want to talk a bit about how McCoy has stayed in the league. He's done exactly what he's needed to. And that is, like, when you when he's younger, he relied a lot on his athleticism, his explosiveness, 
and, and was able to make plays based on that strength. And as he got older, he's learned. Uh, they, they always say old dogs can't learn new tricks, but that's not true with Gerald McCoy. He's learned to rely more on his uh, technique, uh, especially with his hands. He's got great hands. And his football IQ. This is especially something that you can see in the run game, where in the past, you would see him kind of penetrate into the backfield, make the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Whereas now, where he's not, sometimes he can't keep up with some of these more like younger, athletic offensive linemen. A lot of times you'll see him just kind of occupy the linemen, show a lot of patience and control. And then the moment he sees the running back make his cut at the line of scrimmage, he sheds his block and then can just make the stop on the running back. So that's something that you're going to look to see a lot from McCoy in this year on the Cowboys, and we saw it last year too. What what needs to happen? What needs to happen with stopping the running back really is it's the Cowboys do a decent job. I mean, they were 11th in rushing yards allowed per game last year. However, they were 17th in rushing touchdowns allowed and 15th in red zone touchdowns allowed. On top of that, uh, they were 19th in sacks and 30th in interceptions. I know we're talking about Jared McCoy, so interceptions might seem a little out there. But for me, if a defensive lineman can constantly get pressure on the quarterback, they can force quarterbacks to make mistakes and to force passes, which can lead to turnovers. You know, and it leads to you know three and outs a lot faster. Just having constant pressure, and if they try teams try and run the ball, I think having defensive linemen constantly in that backfield, you know, can really hurt you because what do we hate here at second and short? Like, honestly, what do we hate? Spiders. No, okay, yeah, we hate spiders, but I was more so going with, like, like third and long. Like, we don't like third and long here. Spiders, yeah. Yeah, we're definitely not a fan of spiders. But Jeremy McCoy is here to help fix these little things. Like I said, the Cowboys did a decent – they're really good on offense, and they're pretty decent on defense. But if they can touch up, you know, getting more turnovers, getting more sacks, and then, you know – Cutting down those running backs, having those opportunities, I think this team easily could win 10, 11 games. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about getting fresh on the quarterback. I know, like I kind of said that he, McCoy is brought in to, to kind of more shore up the run defense, but that doesn't mean he's not great against the pass as well. He, he doesn't have the sack numbers that he had earlier in his career. I mean, last year, he only had five sacks, and I say only like only. in quotation marks because that's still a good number for an interior defensive lineman. He still had 42 pressures on the quarterback, which is good for 14th in the league among interior defenders. He still gets pressure on the quarterback. He can still get in the quarterback's face and cause him to kind of make a a hurried throw or, or a bad throw or a bad decision. So he's, he's going to come, he's going to contribute not only against the run, but also against the pass, and that can also lead to the interceptions, like you said. Yeah, and I think his hand technique is what allows him to like counter almost like anything that a blocker can do from any 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 outside guard or or outside tackle. Really, is what his his specialty comes down to is that he's so good with his hands, and I think that if he can even get close to that fourteenth range in pressures for interior defense, if he even drops to like 17th or 18th, I think this is a win for the Cowboys because he's going to do the exact same things that Malik Collins was doing, which is being the run stuffer for their team, but he's going to get more pressures on the quarterback 
than they got last year from the interior. And I think that's going to allow more individual matchups. That's going to allow Demarcus Lawrence to take the edge better on, you know, a better one-on-one matchup instead of getting double teamed. And it just, these defensive tackles that we talk about, if they're able to constantly get pressure on the inside, I mean, and we're seeing older guys being able to do this, you know, still in this age, like we're seeing elite talent. I mean, Calais Campbell, who we talked about moving to the Baltimore Ravens, it's the same thing here. He's a little older. His numbers are down, you know, and we talked to him a couple weeks ago, but if, if these older guys can, can cause pressure and havoc up the middle, you know, force teams to not be able to rush the ball in the red zone as much and, and allow, like, force teams and quarterbacks to make mistakes, the defense is just automatically going to have a higher success rate. But let's move on. We're kind, of, we're kind of dipping our toe in the waters on this. Why don't, let's just dive in. Let's talk about the impact that he is going to have on this team that we, because we're, you know, fortune tellers and, and we're the smartest people in football. We're yeah, not even I mean, in football, no one, but you know what I mean? No one knows more than us, to be honest. So let's tell the people what is going to happen. Yeah. Well, like we said, with Collins leaving, he, in terms of short-term impact, he comes in as an immediate need at defensive tackle. Contract is a bit puzzling because um, I see this more of a short-term move. We talked about it before. Not sure how much he has left in the tank as a full-time starter, but where I can see the long-term value and why they might keep him on for the entire length of his contract is he could be like a big influence on that rookie Neville Gallimore that they drafted, who's, by the way, also from Oklahoma. So maybe they like have this sort of telepathic connection, all Oklahoma players. Uh, so he can come in and kind of help Gallimore. Gallimore is not quite the athlete that McCoy was in his prime, but this is a guy who also relies a lot on the on sound like technical skills and he can learn a lot from McCoy in that aspect so I think that's where that's where Joe McCoy's long-term impact comes into play is kind of mentoring that rookie that they brought in who who a lot of people called a steal like I think all of I think almost all of the Cowboys picks were considered steals this draft so oh yeah and if it's not just like like Cowboy fans right now that are listening you should be proud of yourselves, and I'm sure you are. And you should be happy that your team did so well. The fact that like Jerry Jones went into his spaceship and went close to the moon and was like, "Everybody, leave me alone. I'm gonna take this, you know, this orbit real quick." And while I'm doing it, I'm gonna draft. Yeah, we thought it was gonna be one big joke. And we actually, um, you don't even have, if you don't if you want to check this out. We actually talked about the Cowboys and their draft class when this thing happened, and they were our highest rated team like we th- we thought the Cowboys did the best out of anybody at their draft so if you want to see what we said about if you want to see what we said about Neville Gallimore go check that out right there we've already broke him down a little bit and you can kind of see how we think he's gonna have an impact this year and in the future but with McCoy his biggest thing is is that he's here to get this rush defense into the top 10 past defense is already there if the rush defense gets in the top 10 this team is a legitimate NFC championship contender that's the fact right there if they have a top 10 overall defense plus a top 10 overall offense i don't see how they're not then again we all know what happened with like the san diego chargers back in like the late 2000s is that 2008 i think 2008 yeah number one offense number one defense right yeah number 32 special teams. yeah 32 special teams and they went like eight and eight and missed the playoffs this Cowboys team, that's not going to happen to them. They are going to 
they are going to improve with just McCoy right there. He's going to help them enough. And he's not the only one. I mean, they brought in a couple other defensive linemen to help get them over this edge. And you know what? I think we're in a good spot right here to talk about predictions. I mean, McCoy is going to his third team in three years. The third team overall, but I'm just saying it's it's a new system and, and you know, it's just a new style of play, but it is a contender. Let's talk about the predictions, man. Give me anything that you think is going to heavily impact it because of Gerald McCoy. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's always hard to predict, like, individual stats for linemen, whether it's defensive or offensive linemen. What I see as impact is on the rush defense. They already had a top 10 rush defense. Uh, I think he'll, I think they'll, he'll be able to kind of maintain that. And I think they'll bring like the totals down to, they were just over 100 yards per game allowed on rush defense and just, and just a bit over four yards per carry. I think he'll bring, help bring that defense down to below 100 per game, below four point yards per carry. That's kind of how I see him playing out. Just to clear up some confusion right there, when I say like get them into a top 10 rush defense, every aspect of their rush defense, as well as the rushing touchdowns they allow, like every aspect I think is going to improve. And it sounds weird to say this, like, because I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I really think the Cowboys, like, they, they seem legit. Like, if you look at them just on paper and what we know about each player and what we like about each player, this team seems like a top five NFC team. Yeah, of course. They seem like they could, like, on paper, they have one of the stronger rosters now, I think, in the league. And I think it all comes down to coaching. They got rid of Jason Garrett and uh, Mike McCarthy. He wasn't as great in the last couple of years with the Packers. But don't forget, he did win the Super Bowl with the Packers. And I think he has. they do have the potential to get there with Mike McCarthy. Uh, so let's just say it's obviously not a direct impact from McCoy, but Cowboys are making the playoffs this year as well. Now, as far as McCoy goes, do you think that he will be top 15 in quarterback pressures this year for interior defensive linemen? Yeah, I think he should be pretty consistent with how he's been last year and the years before that. So I think, I think so, yes. Outside of his first two years, he's had at least five sacks every season. In his first two years, he kind of was injured and everything. Do you think that trend continues? Is he going to get at least five sacks? I don't think so. I think they're going to get a, a bit more pressure off the edge than they have in the last couple of years, and I think he's not going to get this, those actual sacks as often. But, I mean, that's not to downplay his impact uh, on the pressuring the quarterback. Sometimes you get a lot of pressures, but you don't actually get the sack. Yeah, you don't get all the glory, but you do all the work, you know. Uh, and, yeah, I think all these things, I, I think he's going to get over five sacks again, but that's just me. I, I think the Cowboys are, their front seven looks pretty good, and I think that they're just going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups, and he's going to have the ability. But that's going to do it for us here on Second and Short in this new edition episode of Gerald McCoy to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, make sure to click that subscribe button to stay up to date on everything we're doing. Uh, as this series ends, we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, check us out on Twitter as we put up polls every Friday. Uh, Aaron's going to talk more about that, but um, our new series that is going to be starting, we kind of want to get your guys' input on 
things in the community and we're going to talk to you guys and we want to talk about what fans want to talk about that's the simple as that whatever you want to hear is what we're going to talk about so check for us on twitter and reddit and everything uh those will be out soon and yeah click that like button thank you guys for supporting us uh right now the oakland raiders are our biggest fans right now and they like us more than anybody else i'm gonna still call them oakland until the season starts so so dallas cowboys can we get uh 16 likes on this video super small goal because we're a super small podcast but 16 likes and that will put you guys at the top of uh teams and fans uh but also aaron tell them where they can check us out on all the other social media platforms yeah we're on, we're everywhere man we got facebook check us out on facebook uh, we'd be updating every post there instagram is where we have a lot of activity if we're talking about discussion points uh, polls in the story uh, news updates stuff like that and then uh and then also check us out on twitter like you said we got polls every friday and then just hit us up, slide into our DMs whenever you want. We're also on Reddit. We post every every episode we're posting to Reddit, so you can hit us up there as well. And a big shout out to one of our newest fans in Wyatt, who is going crazy for us on the defense on Instagram. So let's give I'm just gonna give him a little shout out. He's our he's our goon, is what he is. <laughs> Alright, well thanks for listening. You guys have a good night.